Uh, Kaylee Fritz, I am very slow on the bike this time of year, and I need some type of training tool to help me get faster. What do you think? Should I get like a speedometer or just like let the wind rush through my hair to tell me how fast I'm going? I mean, lower gears would be a good start, but beyond that, Ugh. I think you should look at maybe getting a power meter, Fred. A power meter? Oh yeah. my gosh, I've been hearing about these things. Kaylee, won't that just make him super depressed, though? It might. It might. I mean, so the problem with a power meter, like a power tap, for example, that's really accurate, you're going to know how slow you are down to 1.5% accuracy. And uh, Kaylee, we now have a fairly special f- sweepstakes going on for listeners of the Velonese podcast uh, with Power Tap, right? We do indeed. Yeah, if you want to find out precisely how slow or fast you are, you can go to powertap.com slash and register to enter a free power meter of your choice. And Power Tap makes a whole bunch of different kinds of power meters, hub, chain ring, pedals, whatever you want. And yeah. you, can, you can choose whichever you want. You can choose whatever nice. one you want. We thank PowerTap for sponsoring this week's episode. On with the show. It's the Bella News Podcast. I'm Fred Dreyer, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Vela News. Sitting across from me are the same people, you, you know, Spencer and Kaylee. And sitting next to me, guest of honor, we have Alex Howes of Team Cannondale Draypack in the house. Hi, Fred. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming in and spicing it up because, you know, I love talking with Spencer and Kaylee every week. But Do you? Days, Do you, you just, really? You just need a new voice, some new blood on the podcast. Straight from Italy, too. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All I got is dead blood inside of me, man. <laughs> yeah. Alex, you just finished, <laughs> the, tired. You just finished the Jira. Are you going to ha- come with like flaming hot takes today or are they going to be like tired, lethargic takes? Uh, I'm hoping you can uh, speed the reel up when you play this back to the listeners. Okay. <laughs> we can do something like that. We can get you nice and caffeinated maybe for yeah, a good lightning round of questions. Like a, do a double time kind of thing. We're going to be uh, catching up with an interview with Alex in the second half of the show to talk about Jiro, talk about Grand Tours, talk about cycling and just lots of different things. But before that, we're going to get to the news and topics of the week. And Alex, you're going to chime in. Feel free to crack wise, uh, offer some perspective, and just tell us that our takes are super weak. I'm going to hit you with some truth bombs. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, man. Love truth bombs. Yeah, truth bombs. We're ready. I'm starting to regret this already. I know. (laughs) Well, we have a lot to talk about this week. We uh, had the Hammer Series wrap up. Hammer time! Uh, this past weekend, we saw guys on TT bikes sprinting around the streets of Limburg. Those guys got hammered. It was very <laughs> exciting. I was waiting for some like uh, '90s triathlon blooper video style. Uh, <laughs> you can't touch us. You really can't touch. To this. come out of it didn't it's really great. happen. Yeah. Uh, we also have the the Dauphiné heating Dauphiné's up on now this weekend because they're going to go up Duez. We've seen some sprints. We've seen Thomas de Ghent drop everyone. Um, that's always a fun race to watch. We have the Tour de Suisse. Starting this week as yep. well. Saturday. Saturday. I, I, lo- I like this race, but it's really kind of turning into a low-rent tour prep. Sorry, mm. guys that are racing the Tour de Suisse, but, yeah. you know, it's not like the heaviest of hitters that are there. No we'll, way around it. We'll, we'll get on, we'll get on that, that tip in a little bit here. We've got a lot of thoughts on Tour de Suisse, don't that's, we? That's a rough truth bomb, Fred. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, I'd say it's a hot Ow, take, man. but the Tour de Suisse <laughs> is usually rainy and cold, so it's kind of a cold take. Damp. Kind of a kind of a sopping wet soggy take. Yeah, like a sheep that's been out in the field all day. <laughs> bad, dang, bad take. Dang take. Uh, uh, well, let's get onto it, guys. <laughs> let's start. We had the Hammer Series. You know, we talked a lot about this Hammer Series last week, previewing it because it was innovative. It was the Silicon Valley disruptive race. Disruptive. So disruptive, you know, thinking outside the box. And uh, we we watched the thing. I didn't watch all of it. I'm I not, watched all of it. Yeah, you watched all of it. I yeah. watched it. Um, so let's, Alex. Did you watch? Alex, it? did you watch it? I, I suppose I think I was on an airplane back from Europe. No. So have you ever sprinted on a TT bike alongside a bunch of other guys in TT bikes? Uh, not legally. Okay. No. <laughs> I think, which one of you guys had the take of like, this reminds me of every Boulder group ride that triathletes show up. That was, that was a Kaylee. Yeah. 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 I've, yeah. I've been in those See, triathlete group rides yeah, before. You know, locals here, we would have been A-OK in that race. Yep. We would have known exactly how to handle that sprint. <laughs> <laughs> um, first question. Overall, as a, as a piece of entertainment, as a piece of sporting cycling entertainment to watch, was it good? Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it was great. Yeah. Sorry, just to, just to recap really briefly, this is the three-day race over last weekend. Yeah. If, if you missed it, you can find it all on YouTube. That's the nice thing about this race, actually, is because it was not a regular TV broadcast, you can go find it on the internet. Quite it was easily. easy to catch live, too. Very easy Stream to catch it. live. Yeah. We had great commentary. Robbie McEwen was on there. Uh, I thought it was great. You know, day one, tons and tons and tons of attacks. It looked really hard. It looked like a pro-speed Cat 3 race, basically. <laughs> Completely uncontrolled. You know, Tom Dumoulin covering attacks for an hour and a half. Uh, day two, kind of more of the same. And then day three was this insane time trial, team time trial, sprint. Pursuit. Pursuit, Peloton. I mean, there was like 40 dudes on time trial bikes in a Peloton at one point. That That's that's something special, I think. I, I agree with Kaylee. I think it was pretty good. I, I'd give it uh, 11 out of 13 Dutch wooden clogs. Mm. Or clog scale, or maybe a six out of seven windmills. Um, it was. I I think the only shortcoming of it was just that those first two stages, the climb stage and the sprint stage, which were points races, to me just kind of were a little difficult to follow. It would be helpful to have more on-screen graphics. It would helpful be helpful to have a scoreboard. There were times when you just saw guys attacking, and it seemed like it should be exciting, but then you kind of realized maybe it didn't actually matter that they were attacking. That type of thing was a little difficult for me to wrap my head around, but it still was an exciting, aggressive race, and I did like it for that, and I liked the pursuit as well. I, I, I agree with you. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I liked seeing Tim Wellens go really hard at inopportune moments, which is what <laughs> Well, Tim you Wellens see that does. in every yeah, race. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. He's so strong. Yeah. Um, I liked seeing Tom Dumoulin covering those, le- covering those moves, even though I was wondering, like, shouldn't you be drunk? Like, shouldn't Probably you be, should be, like, just, you know, in a bar somewhere still I, celebrating? I thought that, that everyone that did the Hammer series had to be hammered. I Ooh. thought that's why they did it after the Giro. That's nice. true. <laughs> Perhaps they got hammered after East Missed each opportunity stage. is what yeah. that is. I um, what I thought, what I really wanted to see, though, and what threw me for a loop was, you know, the, there there is a certain payoff that comes from seeing a guy cross the finish line first and being rewarded with victory. And so I believe it was the Hammer sprint stage. Sepp Van Mark, your teammate... Um, broke away. He was who was exceptionally strong during the race. Yeah, he rode a great race. Yeah. Rode a really great race, and he broke away and was the first guy across the line. And you know, it was a very exciting. There, there was payoff to see him doing that, but then to know that actually he had lost was somewhat confusing. <laughs> well, he didn't lose. It's just the overall track. Yeah. Track Segafredo won that race on right. points. So yeah. The, I guess the Trek guys should have like saluted in the middle of the peloton. Yeah, maybe they just should have like maybe. stopped pedaling and high five. Yeah, as they were like kind of like the, the lead out man move where you put your arms up when you see your sprinter Ooh. winning. Except I'm not sure anybody had any idea who was winning at that That's point. True. Particularly once you added it to. The I didn't. I was day. watching and I didn't. I had no, <laughs> no idea. I mean, this is like you know, if you've ever watched a points race on the track, it's kind of the same way. Like there is a big scoreboard, and you kind of know what's going on, and you're trying to figure out who's lapped and who's not, and yeah, it, it's similar. You know, you just. You, it, it's going to take a little while for us to get used to this, I think. And like Spencer said, we need a damn scoreboard yeah. on the screen at all times. And maybe even, uh, we mentioned this in the Velenus show this week, a little screen on the riders' bikes that tells them how many points they have or something like that. Because That's true. I don't think anybody had any idea. Maybe an ESPN-style Chiron that like, or like a CNN Chiron that runs below like a ticker. It's mm. just telling you each guy's like score points or something like that. Or like a NASCAR race where they have the the crawl with the, like yeah. all the all the cars. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. Riding the riding number eight bike, Alex Howes <laughs> moving up on the barriers there. Oh, but Rusty Howes, you better watch out there, Dan. He don't no, take that boy. turn too uh, no, too fast. He's off in the infield now. Um, but I, I do I, I agree with you on that. But I do think they need to find a way to like have some type of payoff for the, the you know the first guy across the final finish line. Get, I don't know. You maybe get triple points for that. Triple points. Yeah. You get a giant stuffed animal and what as much like local cheese and wine as like any human could eat in a lifetime. It's more know. of a beer drinking country usually. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. But some type of just like sick payout to make the guy like Sep just like rewarded for going the extra mile. I mean, they still stuck their hands up. Yeah. So did yeah. Bettencourt. Got that photo. Yeah, Bettencourt. Well, he, he definitely won that he race. Won, he won <laughs> in every possible sense. Yeah. Which yeah, was and- actually quite amazing. Speaking of Carlos Bettencourt, where on earth did Carlos Bettencourt come from? Yeah, and why did he choose this? Yeah, exactly. Why did he choose this race of all races to just blow everyone out of the water? I mean, hey, hey man, be nice to poor Carlos Bettencourt. I like that guy. I've followed his career. He's like he's he's one of those athletes that you know he he's not the 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 Superman type A lifestyle. He's like he's like one of us, you know. (laughs) He's tranquilo. Yeah, he's tranquilo. He likes to get after the empanadas. Whatever, man. Um, But yeah, great race. 
I mean, is this, can we say that Carlos Betancur is back? <laughs> Who's, is he the who's back in this Ooh, race? So he's uh, 500 to 1 for the Tour de France right yeah, now. Whatever. So I'm going to throw some money down on him, I think. I mean, <laughs> after that Amherst series, it's coming yeah. for everybody. Yep. Um, Forget I think, Quintana. Maybe save your money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, that's uh, the inside line from the Peloton right yeah, there. I'm not supposed to give advice on betting. Yeah, so. that's not betting advice. That's just uh, entertainment purposes. Yep. <clears throat> I think it's mostly just sound advice <laughs> life advice life advice don't bet all your money <laughs> on Carlos Betancourt uh, maybe there was like a lot of cheese up for grabs or something like that oh, <laughs> oh man fat sorry yeah. I like watching Carlos Betancourt he take was it easy very man. very aggressive oh, but, take it easy truth you know the, the aggressive moment that we need to talk to we need to get into is this final day this pursuit this um, group ride of the TT bikes um, because you know it, it looked sketchy it looked dangerous there were a couple crashes and, you know, I do wonder if in the future they're going to put these guys on road bikes or if the spectacle of having a Peloton full of TT bikes is enough to get people to watch. Because the, the one sort of Twitter feedback that I did get that was negative feedback for this race was, oh, this is this is gimmick. You know, the sight of a Peloton of TT bikes racing around is more gimmick than it is sport. And um, I don't know. What, what, what do we make of this? I'm not sure that's exactly how they planned to have that day pan out. Uh, <laughs> with like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> with like 45 dudes on time trial bikes and a Peloton and in crosswinds somewhere in the Netherlands. Like that's not really what they were going <laughs> for. Exactly. Uh, nonetheless, having watched it, I do think that, um, you know, as the as the riders union, for example, gets a little bit stronger, I think that this is something where they may want to put their foot down and say, "Yeah, we need drop bar, we need regular road bikes, but no disc uh, brakes, no disc brakes, no disc brakes, Very though." Scary. Mm -mm. Uh, slice yourself. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, or get the industry in on it, and we create a new category of time trial bike, a mass start time trial bike. Ooh, that's like you know, you know. Well, <laughs> you see a little bit of this type of thing with the Olympic style triathlon. Yeah, UCI. Oh. Let's or go. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Like drop bars with the with brake the levers on your. Yeah, you could have brake levers on your arrow bars. Uh, maybe sh you know, some uh, shifters and. Uh, what about we, limiting drafting? In well, the final stage. they were sort of trying to, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they were not supposed to be drafting. But like, what do you do when the road is ten feet wide, right. and you have forty-five dudes, my f and they're all like, "What?" Because they, they that can't. my favorite was when the the commissaire's car went up to like one group, and he just like held his arms like about a meter or two apart, and we like kind of was like shaking his arms at them, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever." <laughs> like, what are you, what are you gonna do, man in a red car? Yeah. <laughs> You're just standing there with your arms apart. Sure, ref. Sure, yeah, we'll go. Ahead and do that. Go back to Switzerland, bro. Yeah, it's like in a really, uh, really like one of those NFL games where the receivers and in the defensive backfield are just playing super aggressive, and the refs are just like, I don't know. Like, yeah. well, We're gonna let, let them play. Let them play. Let them play. Let the school football. Let the boys play. Alex, the other morning, you 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 actually came up with a really good idea, which is that in that in that race, make it the first guy across the line and not the fourth guy across the line, and then you could have these basically just giant leadout trains, lead train. pulling guys up to the front. I think it'd be kind of sweet that way. A sprint-specific time trial bike. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Sprint <laughs> so the sprinter would have an even different one that's even more, like, tuned for this particular event. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, that's basically what we saw because this came down to a two-up TT bike team sprint between Team Sky and Sunweb. And Sky, I think, watching the finale of that race, like, they used drafting and tactics to their advantage. They oh, yeah. let Sunweb take the front and show everyone how strong they were because Sunweb had, Sunweb had put in all that effort to catch them. And then they kind of rode on the backs of Sunweb and attacked within the final kilometer to... Classic win. shake and bake. Yeah, classic <laughs> shake and bake on the, in the team, you know, the, the TTT shake and bake. And Teo Gagenhart gets, gets a lot of credit there for... Riding a very aggressive sprint there and the world putting his head into a, the world's first team time trial headbutt. That was a nice, yeah. nice, and he rode a great weekend in general. Yeah, he's, I feel he's like looking very strong. He rode really well in the climb. This was stage. the kind of big coming, the world tour coming out party for old. Uh, oh man, Teo Gagenhart. Gagenhart. There's just a bunch of extra letters you have to and ignore them. He um, Guggenhugen. And he also, we should say, crashed out of that lead group in the chase stage. But so, finished. 
Yeah, he finished. He well, yeah, you need to finish to get those points. By the right. way, and that's an interesting sidebar because Sunweb lost some points because one of their sprinter guys didn't finish or the got second lapped stage. Or something something yeah. happened, but either way, that affected them in that final TT. Yep. But for Teo Gegenhart, great ride in that first stage and could have probably been even better if he hadn't clipped pedal on that one corner. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that we've had on our, our eye on because he came up through the uh, action uh, Hoggins Berman development team, did a lot of racing in the U.S., uh, Was at, had, a, had a good race, the Tour of Utah last year, had a very good race at the Tour of California this year. And, you know, with all these younger riders when they step into the world tour there's always a question of what their first year is going to be like and to see him ride so aggressively at tour california and then come out and just be you know throwing elbows and button heads and being you know really aggressive and having success at uh, this hammer series I, I don't know it speaks it speaks highly of this guy that he is comfortable enough in the peloton to ride like that TTT Peloton. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Caveat. It's a special T-T-T. sort of race. He's going to be a real strong TTT group rider, yep. I think. He could be a TTT sprinter, even. Ooh, watch out, triathlon group ride. Teo Guggenhardt's coming. Gahugan, Gahugan. Anyway, do we have any final thoughts on this? I mean, what are the ways we we think this can be improved on a macro level? And do we do we think this is going to stick around? Yes. I mean, I, I mostly say it's going to stick around because of the backing. Uh, it has a bunch of money behind it. It has major organizations behind it. It has uh, in-front media, which has its fingers in all sorts of major international sports. Uh, they don't just do things like this just for giggles. So we will definitely see a couple more. I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see this format in maybe like some of the early season desert races or something to spice those up a little bit. I do think that this particular time slot was good because it was kind of the Giro. Perfect time slot. Post, yeah, post-Giro slowdown. I mean, you know, the fact that we just spent 25 minutes talking about it and not anything else uh, tells you everything you need to know about this particular week in bike racing. That said, I don't think we're going to see... I don't think we're going to see a Hammer Series-style, uh, you know, Tour de France stages or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see the format of that final chase time trial applied to Grand Tour time trials. And the reason I say that is because just imagine if we got to watch Tom Dumoulin chase down Nairo Quintana as opposed to sort of the other way around where you're just talking about time splits. If you get to physically chase down the guy that is in front of you. Yeah, for an individual time trial. I think that's rad. Yeah, pursuit races are very cool. They do that in some uh, Nordic skiing events, and it seems seems to work pretty well from a spectator standpoint. Yeah, the only weird thing is then the leader of the race goes off first. Mm. which is like in the morning or something. So a little bit weird. Yeah. Maybe you just take all the people in the back of the field and let them do their normal time trial thing, and like the top 20, <laughs> and make them chase each other. <laughs> I mean, that, would, that might make an individual time trial somewhat watchable, you know? Could, I mean, yeah. Just We've everyone, talked about that before. Yeah, just have the top 10 guys actually do the time trial and everyone else just so, gets so to... They, they and everyone st- else do a TTT group ride. Yeah. <laughs> they start at the time that they... Yeah. The, how far they are. Yeah, down yeah. So, like, whatever, you know, so. Nairo goes, and then what, 30 something seconds later, Dumoulin goes. First across the line wins. First across the line wins. So, like, the final TT in Milan, you've got a guy starting three and a half hours <laughs> yeah. after King Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super mellow start to the day for that yeah, guy. Yeah. That guy's not going hard anyway. Hanging out. Yeah. 6 30 in the totally. afternoon. Yeah. yeah, I'll get him. I'll get him. <laughs> sure. Sidebar, Alex, how does one um, do a Grand Tour time trial when you're, you know, you're far down on GC. You gotta, you gotta make it look like you're going hard, but you're like not really going hard. What's the fine line that you walk there? Uh, I mean, so you have thirty percent time cut yeah. for most of those things, which is a lot. Let's be honest. You gotta go. Could Fred make it? Probably not. <laughs> what if he got a power, what if he got a power tap power meter? What if he got a power tap and used it religiously? Well, so people are always like, oh, you, got, you you just cruise them, you know? And it's like, no, nah, it's not that easy. Is know? it like tempo for you or like uh, threshold? Yeah, somewhere around there, like high tempo. But you also have to remember that you feel terrible. So just getting out of bed in the morning sucks. Mm. But then to go out there and ride tempo by yourself, you're like, man. They should cancel time trials forever. <laughs> See, I'm with yeah, you. Fred's they right there with you. Cancel time trials forever. <laughs> God, we, we all agree. Huh? Bad TV. Yep. <laughs> um, hot take. Hot flaming. 
Great yeah. take. Get rid of the TTs. Get rid of them. Boring. Um, Sorry, anything Tom else Dumoulin. we need to say on the Hammer series? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. They need a new podium presenter. Yeah. <laughs> MC Hammer. Stop. Hammer time. Oh, that's a good that, and that's a good segue. <laughs> he like, needs a job, right? I mean, get just, him on that podium. He could be the he'd be the the Bernard Eno of the Hammer series. I think there are <laughs> some real <laughs> good sponsors. Justice and flowers. There need, there's some good and like, a crab walk here or there. Yeah. There's some good sponsor opportunities here with the uh, Hammer series. Um, Because you could have MC Hammer, Arm & Hammer, Sarah Hammer, (laughs) a hammer company. Who makes hammers? Maybe just like the Home Depot or something. Home Depot. Home Depot. Any marketing execs listening, call up the Hammer series. Sponsor it. Except it would be like a weird European Home Depot that would... Be like I don't know something yeah. something we don't like Bulls Dolmans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or safety jogger. It is. Safety <laughs> jogger would be a good sponsor. Ooh, very good sponsor. <laughs> what are you talking about? Safety <laughs> jogger. You have the work boots. Yeah, yeah. Got my pair of safety joggers um, on right now. Safety first. I think, um, I think the cool thing about the Valon series, though, the Hammer series, whatever you want to call it, is that I think they want to hear from you guys. You know, like I think that's why this format is what it is. And why it's so messy is because they want they want to hear Fred just like loses his mind over this. It's, it's an elaborate story. troll. Does anyone want to know? Does Velon, anyone want to hear that? Velon is Velon is just trolling you, Fred. <laughs> but seriously, like I, I mean, I mean, all right, let's be honest here. They're in this to make money, and the way you make money is by doing what people want, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So, That's a good point. If you actually want to see people sprint on time trial bikes, then. Mm. That's what you'll do. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> hey, Alex, you better get ready next year. Riders next Union. Next year, you're not. gonna be on that Hammer Series team. Well, and I think that brings up a good point of almost like American versus European uh, cycling, you know, cycling habits, where it's like, oh, do we want the traditional, you know. This has to be the way that you know cycling has been raced for fifty years, for a hundred years, or do we want the American ingenuity of <laughs> well, maybe or do we, we want TV coverage? New. Do we want TV coverage? <laughs> do we want a fixie crit on t- TT bikes Ooh. with uh, group ride and maybe some jumps? <laughs> the brakes are built into the hub, <laughs> just like disc brakes, sort of, sort of, not really, not really. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, was, I was texting with uh, your boss, Jonathan Vodders, yesterday, and he referred to it as a prototype. And I think that, that that's very true. It's gonna, it's going to change. Pretty good prototype. But I think it's gonna change with input from totally. You know, the peanut gallery. Absolutely, we are mm. the peanut gallery. So. That is us. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> so keep waving that peanut gallery flag. <laughs> that's right. Re, reopen up the comments section on Bellonese. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. If we gotta go that. Moving on. All right, right. peanut gallery. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the Dauphinate. We are uh, today. We saw the. Fourth stage, third stage of the Dauphiné. That's what day it is. But who's counting? I know. I look. I'm like a lot of people. I'm waiting for this coming weekend where we have two mountain stages back to back. Oh, you're not excited for the individual time trial the, in stage four? Yeah, wait me when that one's over. Oh, yeah, um, but we have. <laughs> Once we know what time trials can, now that we know what they can be, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's hard right. to watch ruined what they forever. were. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> that's a really good point. Oh. It, yeah, the Hammer series has ruined time trials basically. Yeah, because yeah, nothing, not nothing will be that good. There's no headbutts. I'm not coming. Nothing will be that exciting. Hashtag again. where's the aggression? <laughs> Let's get, it. Let's, start um, Let's get that trending. How do we see the Dauphiné playing out this final weekend? Um, we have a stage of Alpe d'Huez. We have another mountainous stage. We have a peloton full of Tour de France contenders who want to, want to stretch their legs and maybe show how strong they are, maybe not show how totally strong they are, play mm. a little poker face. Yeah, it's, it's basically a Tour de France peloton. Chris yeah. Rim's there, Richie Port's there, Alberto Contador's there, Valverde is there. Uh, Aru is there. Bardet is there. Everyone's there. Chavez. Chavez, Chavez is, is there. there. Chavez Adito. is there. Yes. So yeah, this weekend is going to be. You know, it's it's the sort of. It's true. It's a bit of it's a bit of chess. Uh, you have to show that you're strong without showing how strong you are, maybe. And some guys tend to like coming into the Dauphiné a bit fitter than others. Uh, I believe. I think Richie Port is probably a good guy to watch this weekend. Ibon uh, Mayo, keep your eyes on that. <laughs> Ibon Mayo is <laughs> always all comes over in the Dauphiné, <laughs> super fit, creep and roll, man. There you go. <laughs> Joking aside about the the time trial, I, I think that actually is going to be an important factor in how the 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 tactics play out through the weekend because mm-hmm. whoever goes out of that time trial with an advantage, I think it probably will be Chris Froome, just based on his performance in time trials among GC guys. I think 
you'll see a lot of attacking from guys like Richie Port, guys like Alberto Contador, who need to make up that time to have a shot at winning the overall. So it'll be a, a blend of those two, but I think the Alpe d'Huez stage is probably really going to decide the race. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Froome told reporters the other day that he is wanting to win. I believe this would be his fifth Dauphiné. He's won three in a row. Um, so, you know, I mean, if, if he is saying that... You gotta, uh, he didn't win three in a row. No. He won... Two in a row. This would be his third in a row. This is yeah. his fourth. But, yeah, it would be his fourth. Yeah, because Tolansky won in 2014. But who's counting? Um, <laughs> obviously, you are, Spencer. Well, I got pro cycling stats up. In so if he... I mean, if he's making statements like that, you got to figure that he, you know, he's going to try to do something on that Alpha stage as well as in the time trial. I guess the questions I have are about Contador because Contador in his pre-race press conference, in addition to saying that he's having such a great time racing, getting all those second places and being aggressive, which we love to see, that, um, you know, he wants to keep racing perhaps for years to come. But he said that, uh, I think he kind of alluded to maybe that he wants to get a couple maximum efforts in his legs and then call it a race. Didn't sound like he was like, you know, going to draw the broadsword out and start smacking dudes in the head with it. So I uh, think he can. No. <laughs> and it's also a classic pre-race sandbag move to just oh, yeah. lower expectations, put the pressure on your rivals. You guys are on the we start line the of Cat Three races all the time. You've heard you've heard the start line chatter. Ooh, yeah. oh, <laughs> should we uh, maybe mm, ask a Cat Three? Maybe yeah. what kind of excuses? Ask a Cat Three. Oh. Yeah, ask a Cat Three. Let's do it. My girlfriend okay. made me walk. Oh no no, walk her oh, dog. Alex. Hey, <laughs> respect. Okay, because you're not a Cat Three like we are, so yeah. you can't play the ask. I'm a not cat allowed 3 to play game. either. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, just just Fred and I are the, are the you got, Cat. You got, you we'll you. impart some Cat Three wisdom on you. Maybe you could use it in your next race. All right, guys, ask a Cat Three. How do you psych out your competitors on the start line with good pre-race excuses? Spencer? Let's see, the sandbag excuse. I, I like, um, you know, I like showing up with, without the race wheels. And oh. you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I didn't have time this morning. My cat got sick. Uh, I didn't have time to put on the race wheels. Yours is probably like related to having a dirty chamois or something like that. I or? mean, yeah, kind of. No, mine is uh, telling people like, oh, bro, heavy, heavy training week. This oh, week. that's a nice one. Oh, man. I think I oh, did I'm, like, I'm two hours in already, actually. Yeah. Oh, I rode to the race. Yeah. Yeah. My coach has me doing so much mileage, like 650 miles yeah. this week. I mean, his name I was, is Chris, Chris Carmichael. Ever yeah. heard of him? I was. Yeah, on, I signed up for his website and uh, totally, yeah. literally was on the bike for like uh, 35 hours this week. So Whoa. no, I'm probably not going to be there at the in the finishing group. That would intimidate me, especially yeah. if you made that group. That's See, that's true. the trick. You got to well, follow it up do. with some. Yeah. And then you, you, if you do well, you go. Well, you know, that was really unexpected. Yeah, good training. Good training race, guys, huh? Good training race. No, this is a C, C, C race for me. Yeah. Not an A race. Not a B race either. You know? uh, anyway, that was Ask a Cat 3. Uh, guys, this is so stage three. We just finished watching the Dauphiné, and the guy in the yellow jersey right now, Thomas de Ghent, guy knew, knew we know very well. Thomas of Ghent. I don't think he's of Ghent, actually. Mm -hmm, no. But, you know, he's a guy who burst on the scene, I believe that was the 2012 Giro, when he won on the Stelvio stage, which took him into third place yeah. in the overall. That was the Hegedal. Jesus said a rider Hegedal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he, he was a guy that a lot of us tapped to be, oh my gosh, he's going to be this grand tour rider. He's going to, you know, be in the top 10 fighting for the podium. He was third on GC that year in the Giro. Yeah. Finished third on GC. Um he kind of went a different direction with his career, which is to be the all-star stage hunter, which has paid off very well for him, especially in recent years. I mean, he won on Mont last year. He won this stage, the Dauphiné. We've seen him win Grand Tour stages before. And that harkens back to that conversation we had last week, which is about the value of being a mm, second or third tier Grand Tour GC guy versus uh, a stage winner. And here we are, Thomas DeGent. He's the guy that's gone stage winner. Seems to have done okay for him i like it i mean it's it's sort of the rui costa model as well I remember costa sort of went for the gc a couple times and never really got there and went back to stage hunting and it seems to work better for those guys you know it, it's i i personally think that uh you know a couple stage wins here and there is better than seventh overall at a, at a grand tour but alex as you said before we turned the mics on earlier if you can get seventh you can also probably get third so yeah, I guess it's it's just a kind of luck of the draw at some point. Yeah, it's just uh, you know how much you uh, 
understand reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, but explain that a little more, though. If you, what does that even mean? If you can get seventh, you can get third. How, come on, like. I mean, you have. I mean, there's some guys that they get twentieth and they say, "Yo, that was the best I was gonna do." Okay. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, try and win stages. And then there's guys that get, you know, twentieth, and they're like, "Next step is fifteenth. Next step is tenth. Next step is fifth. I pretty much am gonna win the tour next year." <laughs> so yeah. Well, is that a fitness progression or is that a matter of luck it's all of it spencer but some guys know how hard it is to ride gc i think really understand it and i think that some people don't really ever get it (laughs) i think another question i have for you alex is what's it like to be a teammate on a team that is riding for a gc contender versus being on a team where you're riding for uh, very talented stage hunters. You know, this past Giro, it seems like Cannondale's um, focus was really to hunt stages. But I know that in the past, you've been a guy working for a GC. What, you know, what's, what's the difference? And do you prefer one way or the other? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting because uh, when, you're, when you're rolling GC full on, um, you have nine guys on the bus that are doing the exact same thing every day uh everybody has the same goal every day more or less uh that's to get your gc guy where he needs to be all the time but when you're hunting stages you know sometimes you're fighting on team woods and then sometimes you're fighting on team Rolon, and then sometimes you're just fighting to stay in the race because you went all in the other day and it, it makes it a little more scattered but uh honestly it, it it makes it uh, probably more fun around the dinner table when you're, mm-hmm. you know, just picking your days and rolling the dice. Um, guys, moving on. We've got the Tour de Suisse starting this weekend. Mm-hmm. Tour de Suisse used to be the big, one of the, you know, the big tour prep race. Every single year, every year, though, it seems like it erodes a bit in the strength of the GC field. Um, this year, we have the defending champion, Miguel Angel Lopez. Superman. Superman in the field. Um, is that? Do you ever call him that in the Peloton, Alex? Hey, Superman. Uh, is, that a, is that a self-given nickname? I, that's definitely his nickname, though. I think it's a self-given nickname. <laughs> uh, if you're going to pick one, I mean, I guess that's pretty good, Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Superman. <laughs> uh, who else is there? Like, what is this? Tom Nobody. Dumoulin is there, Tom actually. Tom Dumoulin is there. Greg Van Avermaet is there. Stephen Crashwick. Joe Dombrowski's there. Okay. Mike Woods is going to be there. Mike Woods is going to be there. Oh, yeah. Craddock's going to be there. Taylor mm-hmm. Finney's going to be there on his way to the tour fronts. Kind of interesting that a Lots lot of the more. Giro guys are showing up. For I was about to say, it's going to be a very hard race. Nine, tired peloton. Nine days. Yeah, it's always rainy. Probably bad weather. Yeah. A lot of climbs. Uh, two time trials, so conceivably Dumoulin could win this thing, which... It, I mean, it just probably depends on his motivation. But like we said, he was really given it in that Hammer Series race. Right. So the Tour de Suisse now is becoming the official race of like one or two tour tour favorites and then a bunch of tired guys from the Giro. And some opportunists also. And opportunists. Lots of, uh, Peter, Peter Sagan, Greg Van Avermaet, Tim Wellens. You like Tim Wellens? Love that Tim Wellens. Philippe, a lot of Philippe Americans, Gilbert. Actually. Yeah, definitely a lot of Americans. A ton of Americans. It's a, it's a weird blend. Yeah, Dabrowski, Finney, King, Farah. Uh yeah, all the way down here. Well, I Larry Warbash. I should have gone. Yeah, that. why are you here? I don't Come know. on. Hey, we could probably get you a plane ticket if you yeah. want to. Keel. Keel's gonna be there. Oh man, all my homies are there. <laughs> Shoot. Oh well. Tour de tired legs. Tour de tired legs. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tour de Suisse. It'll still be a good race. It'll be. I think it'll be an opportunist type race. Uh, we don't have. Like I think it'd said, be a better wa- race to watch than the Dauphiné. Probably. Sure. Mm. Probably. I mean, you know, the, we're we're halfway through the Dauphiné now. Less controlled. Probably. Very little yeah. as happened that's been particularly exciting we all kind of knew it was a backloaded race though it is yeah and you know and that and that that Alpdues stage is always going to be good uh, but i would agree i think tortoise suisse is actually going to be could be lit man could lit. be lit stages four Especially six and superman. seven yeah superman's <laughs> there stages four six and seven i think are kind of the main mm. summit finish stages and then like i said it time trial final stage time trial you love those fred mm. and uh prologue time trial also even better 
Ooh. Um, sandwich, time trial sandwich. Time trial sandwich. Oh, little, uh, I wonder if they know that Cancellara doesn't race anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, oh. you don't have to put a prologue in the Swiss anymore. Sidebar, <laughs> Cancellara does race. He has this thing where like fans are signing oh, up yeah, to the, try and race did, against uh, him. Yeah, that's yeah. a pursuit also, I think, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, you chase him. If you, oh, if you beat him, gosh. you get his designer European jeans. Does he still have I mean blue jeans. I want an amulet. Does he still have the amulet thing? <laughs> That's what I want to win. Is I don't it? care about the blue jeans. I want the amulet. Oh, my God. The, the, the website still exists for the amulets. Uh, they are 800 euros. <laughs> the amulet company could sponsor the hammer series. That's, Ooh, it's his, like it's it. his mechanic. Hey, hey. Sorry, am, the amulet of Spartacus. I've just found it on the internet again. <laughs> Conchilarastore.com. Everyone needs a gig. Whew, yeah, this is how good the Tour de Suisse is that we're getting off on this little tangent. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that guy, I just pulled it up on my laptop. It works out, everybody. I think we should discontinue this conversation scene. just out of principle. So, <laughs> moving on. Tour de Suisse coming right up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lot to watch, guys. Lot to watch for as we inch our way towards the Tour de France. Guys, variety is the spice of life. We have multiple flavors of beer to drink. Multiple kinds of Mexican food to eat. And now PowerTap has multiple kinds of power meters to put on our bicycles. That is absolutely correct, Fred. I love it. We have power meters that go in your pedals, uh, on your hub, and your chain ring. Kaylee, what's your favorite? I like the pedals because I travel all the time. But yeah, I mean, the whole idea is that you essentially you, you can put the power meter wherever it makes sense for you. So, you know, it's easy to move a wheel between bikes if you want to ride a whole bunch of different bikes. Uh, the power pedals are, again, they're easy to travel with. I have to pull my pedals off anyway to travel. And sometimes I switch bikes. You just, you know, you, you pick where you want to put your power meter. And va- uh, fans of the Velo News podcast can get their hands on one of these power meters because we have a special deal with PowerTap. If you go to www.powertap.com slash velonews, uh, you can enter to win a PowerTap power meter. Of your yep. choice, any of those three. You must enter by June 14th or else your entry will not count. Get on it, people. Do it. All right, so we've kicked Fred out of the room. Uh, he was smelling like the protein shake that he ate during the Villain News show <laughs> yesterday. Alex, since we have you here, we want to chat about well, we want to chat about a whole bunch of things. Actually, you just did your first Giro d'Italia, so now you have the triple. The triple. You've done the triple. You've done all three Grand Tours. Uh, we're going to talk about what scares you in bike racing. We're going to talk about nationals. We're going to talk about a whole, whole bunch of stuff. But let's start with the Giro. Uh, first ever Giro d'Italia. How was it? What makes it different from the other two? It's, uh, it's pretty relaxed. I mean, it's kind of a... Uh, it's funny because it's almost... It seems like what bike racing maybe was uh, back in the day. It's kind of organized in a weird way. That sounds funny coming out of Italy, but... Um, what do you mean uh, by organized? Have, you have like your days where the climbers race. Oh, okay. And then you have your days where the sprinters race. And nobody really messes with that. It's kind of like, all right, guys, this is a sprint stage. You know, and you have three guys go up the road. Two of them get mysterious mechanicals and come back to the peloton. <laughs> and then you have, like, some poor guy out there that's like, oh, man, I can't quit, too. <laughs> and, but, I mean, then the actual sprint finish is insane, you know. And climbing stages, it's like guys don't really attack before the climb because everyone's like, no, I mean, uh it's going to go real fast up the uh, up the Stelvio, so might as well just buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out for a little while. Hang out for a little while. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's relaxed. It was pretty cool. The fans are amazing. It's, uh, it's a beautiful place. You'd wanted to do it for a while, right? Yeah. It, uh, it always conflicted with, with nationals and California and all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this year I was kind of like, you know what? Tour de France is crazy. They move nationals, and uh, I don't know. We, I just wanted to do it. Take any like pulling rank. You are you are one of the ranking members of the Ken uh, mm-hmm. Pack team at this point. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have to pull rank. Uh, we had more of a stage hunting kind of team, and uh, they they wanted me around as sort of a behind the scenes orchestrator of chaos uh, <laughs> for our camp. And I don't know, I think it went pretty well. 
Do you have any uh, stages from the Giro that you're looking back on now and saying, I wish I'd gone on the attack that day. That might have been my day. Uh, I think it was stage six uh, when, uh, what's his name, Sylvan Dillier, mm. when he won. Uh, would have liked to be up there. Uh, we were kind of working for Woods, but I kind of had a free card, but I also kind of had like some stomach problems in the morning, so I didn't have the most confidence. And I was like, I don't want to go up there. And this is before the whole Dumoulin thing happened. It was, yeah. I didn't want to like do a Dumoulin before. <laughs> Dumoulin did it. Out of respect. It wasn't yet okay. Well, yeah, it wasn't fashionable at the time. Now everyone's doing it. Now everyone's doing it, and everyone knows it. You know, you just... It's only natural. Yeah, you just tell your friends you got a bee in your helmet, and you pull over and (laughs) just strip down. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. I would have, yeah, would have liked to be up there that day. But, I don't know. Say la vie. Tell me about the vibe at the start of Giro Stages versus the tour or versus the Vuelta? Like, is like the food, like, is there like a little village thing? What's going on? How's it, what is it like to roll up as a, as a racer? So the tour is like, it's crazy. I mean, if you go in the village there, um, I mean, they, they, they practically check your fingerprints to get in and I mean, it's, it's, it's this big production and you can get a haircut and there's 800 pounds of Haribo around and, mm. you know, you want like various artisanal cafes, you know, you can go different places to get different cappuccinos and yada, yada, yada. And, and it gets torn down and built up every day and it's amazing and it's, uh, you know, the land of milk and honey. And then you go to the Giro, and there's some plastic chairs <laughs> and, and, like, a couple of, you know, automatic coffee machines, and there's people just kind of wandering around and people jumping over the barriers to get autographs, and you're like, well, all right, well. But at the same time, it's it's just kind of lovely. You're like, this is kind of chaotic, but also I'm enjoying myself, so... It's funny. That's exactly how I would describe the Giro as a as a reporter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's no, just it's, much more enjoyable. You're like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on, and but it doesn't seem to matter. But somehow, it's all gonna go on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. What was the What was the hardest stage? Uh, I mean, that's, that's that double Stelvio day was pretty nasty. Uh, we went over the Motorola and then uh, go up the Stelvio, and then. You go down and and you've already been out there for you know five and a half hours and then you kind of make this big extended u-turn in the valley out there and you're like wait a second oh like we're, <laughs> like we're i was do- just up there we're doing this again <laughs> did, like- <laughs> you, did you ever think about just like kind of popping into like the bushes up there or hiding behind some fans waiting for oh, them to come back up? there's nowhere to hide no i mean there's a, you could build an igloo in the snow i yep. mean there's effectively fences on the sides at the top with the mm, snow banks good and point. stuff and good maybe point. i guess you could tunnel in how how quick did the Gruppetto form on that that stage? Uh, there was like a hundred dudes on the first climb. That I mean, it was literally like everyone was just like, "This is how it's going to be." Right out the gate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. And then there were I don't know, maybe another fifteen that apparently can't do the math. We <laughs> 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 found them later, oh. uh, but yeah, there were. I mean, they were actually. Two or three Gruppettos out there. That did, day. did you? Was it pretty hard to make time cut in the Gruppetto that day? Uh, no, I mean that day. It's a long enough day. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, talk down myself and my competitors, but uh, yeah, like I think it was time cut was like an hour and ten minutes almost. Oh, which, good. if you've ever done a group ride and you know you're feeling pretty good, and you got some friends that aren't feeling good and they're going like crap. And you're waiting for them at the cafe later. Typically, no matter how crappy they are, it's not going to take an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty long time. That's a good point. Uh, Big but, old gap. But it's just to finish that day is a hard. That's a hard day. How's the after party in Milan? Uh, we quality. we just had a we just had a team dinner and uh, drank a bunch of limoncello and passed out. <laughs> nice. So. You did text me back at like one forty-five in the morning, I think, with our with our unserious questions. 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't go to bed early, but it, honestly, if you're... I was hoping for a rager. Yeah, if you're going to put it on a scale of Grand Tour Ragers, that one was might have been my most uh, tranquilo uh, final. I'm getting old, guys. <laughs> it's, uh, more ma- more mature. It's kind of earlier. It's early in the season anyway. You still have a lot of yeah, racing that, left in the season. Yeah, that's also the you thing. You, you, people are like, oh, yeah, well, we did the Giro. Let's go out and get hammered. And you're like, guys, I mean, it's... It's not even June. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Life life goes on. <laughs> we have other stuff coming up here. Do they give you any sort of cool uh, finishers medal? I've seen you have a. I, I've seen your medallion from the Tour de France <laughs> that you have finishers medallion thing. Do they do that for the Giro? Yeah, it's like a credit card size gold little thing. It's not real gold. Reboot uh, burritos for life. A, it says Giro one hundred. I think maybe. Oh I'll, yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's probably special for the hundred. Might weld some a uh, couple things on the back and make a belt buckle out of it. Nice, uh, yeah, that's go, a good idea. Take it to Leadville next year. And be like, <laughs> be like this. This hundred was different, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. You, you want the real thug belt buckle? You got to build a time machine and move to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough Giro. I want to talk about nationals. The monkey, the monkey on Alex House's back. Uh, we were talking earlier. You said that the course is not not superb for you this year. Not maybe not hilly enough. But uh, you've been chasing this for a long time. What, what what does I mean? What would it mean to you to, to get a national title after after all these years of being real close? Oh, I mean, it'd be it'd be huge. I'd love to I'd love to have the stars and bars and represent over in Europe. Stars and stripes. Stars and stripes. Sorry, that's yeah. That's, I can't say bars. Careful, that? that's <laughs> Confederate careful. flag. Sorry, guys. I'm a. I, I think everybody's equal. Um, <laughs> I think we should edit that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Stars and stripes. Uh, anyways, but yeah, I don't know. This this year, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty flat. Um, honestly, I don't. I don't really. Uh, who are the favorites? Who are, who are you gonna like, watch? I don't like my chances much. Um, McCabe's going well. Mm. Um, he's a he'd be real good on that course. Uh, Murphy, John Murphy, he's probably climbing well enough to get to the end of that. He's got a real fast finish. Uh, the kid Colin Joyce, I think he'd be a good pick. Uh, I think, yeah, Evan Huffman on the same team as Colin Joyce, that uh, that'd be pretty good. Little tag team got guy to go up the road. You got a guy to sit in the so. Um, uh, yeah, Keel Keel can sprint pretty well. Uh, We've seen that. He's, he won't have a team there like myself. I'll just have uh, Nate Brown. So that kind of complicates things for uh, for myself. I guess he tactics I, wise is I guess there. Love Greg, Greggy Daniel. Do you have much collaboration tactics wise with with like a friend like like Keel Reinen perhaps uh, that isn't on the same team but you guys are kind of freelance? Yeah, might keep an eye out, but I think that's technically illegal. Um, having friends is illegal. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting. The thing is, is it's not it's not the greatest course for me, but uh, at the end of the day, it's nationals. We're gonna show up. We're gonna race hard, and it's never an easy race, and it's never straightforward. Uh, there's always, I mean, we've seen in the last few years, guys that it's probably not the best course for them. Um, you know, it's an opportunist sort of race, disorganized and what do you- hard. Would you say your chances are best if you can maybe get away in a really small group late or maybe get away solo in terms of the way that tactics could favor you? Uh, I mean, yeah, it would, it would take a smaller group, but no matter what really happens at Nationals, it, it will be a smaller group. Uh, I don't think they've ever had you know 120 guys go to line at a national championships in probably any country in the history of, <laughs> of man um so it'll be cavendish won Brit- british national yeah that's right? probably a sprint i don't know grapple I, grapple won uh, german so, yeah. nationals yeah yeah Cholak, i guess he german nationals as mm. well that was a pretty big sprint but even still uh most of those guys had teams or somebody else had teams that were really committed to keeping it together uh, even with a bigger team like you know united healthcare uh they're probably gonna 
send half their team up in, up the road and break a 20 and create mad chaos and, you know, let Travis McCabe chase his tail around and they're <laughs> going to decide that that's probably the best course of action and maybe he'll find a way to overcome his team tactics. <laughs> <laughs> that's... That's not a dig on United Healthcare. That's just typically how U.S. Nationals has been raced in the past. Uh, my my own team is not. We, we are guilty of that sort of thing as well. And I'm not going to comment any further on that. <laughs> Always a bit chaotic. Uh, well, since you, since you just did the Giro, probably no Tour de France. You've done the Tour the last couple of years, but yeah, no Tour, no yeah, Tour, no Tour this year. No tour. What do you do in July? You said uh, you might be doing a little bit of racing. Maybe Austria, he said. Maybe Austria. Austria. Yeah, I mean, maybe Austria. Poland is not totally off the table. Um, uh, honestly, I, I, I can't really tell you. I don't really know. Um, I think part of it depends on how Nationals goes. Uh, still trying to put the pieces back after the Giro here. Um, so... See how see how things bounce. When you don't know what's coming, what do you do day to day? I mean, is a coach still just telling you what to do, and you go out and do it, or does it feel a little bit more relaxed? Or um, it's it's not hard to decide what to do when you don't feel like getting out of bed after you just did a grand tour. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go your, figure. Your best course of action is typically uh, some casual riding and uh, a good bit of resting. Uh, from there. We're going to gear up for nationals as best we can, but we'll see how that goes uh, after that. Uh, I mean, I'll either have a plane ticket or I won't. And there you go. Vuelta? Uh, I don't know if it's possible to do Vuelta and tour Colorado. Mm. Uh, I've been told it is, and I've been told it isn't. So I I think it is. I'd like to do it. But I think there's some, some issues with the UCI pre-race blood checks and some other crap uh, and just various logistics that Mm. would get in the way um and that's a colorado classic colorado classic yeah Yeah. that's a three-day race or no four days days. days. sorry yeah Yeah, sorry about that colorado classic (laughs) they get touchy (laughs) they get touchy uh i mean it's a new race so you know until your feet are on the ground you know you never really know what the name's gonna be have you looked at it much uh, I have, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm motivated. I'm excited. I think it's, I think it's uh, some cool courses. A really cool format with the uh, kind of music festival going on downtown. It's kind of a music festival with a bike race around it, and there's a lot of other cool things going on. I think they're having like a an urban cross race, and just some cool stuff to hang out and check out. And they need some team time trial sprinting. Mm. Yeah, maybe some team yeah. time trial sprinting. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's that the stage up in Breckenridge looks absolutely awful. Uh, <laughs> it should be great to watch. Awful in a good way or a bad way for you? I mean, which which of those days uh, are good for Mr. House? Uh, I mean, none of them are bad for me. So. Yeah. That's that's really the question. Uh, when I say none of them are bad for me, I mean there's no time trial. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. So I, you win the overall. It's possible. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a favorite necessarily, but uh, I don't know who the favorites are, so maybe I'm a favorite. When was the last time you went for a GC like that? Mm, I don't know, Cat 3s. <laughs> <laughs> dead, dog, dead Dog Classic in the uh, Pro 1, Men 2, Pro 1, 2, Men. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a GC rider. It's not something I really like to do. It's not something that really suits my physiology. But when it's a four day race and two of those are sprints and the other two just take ambition and aggression, um, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll put my name in the hat. You heard it here first. Mm. Breaking news. Breaking news. Alex House's name is in the hat. It's in the hat for the overall for the Colorado Classic. Maybe. All right, Alex. Well, let's let's wrap this up with uh, we got we have we have a little fun game to play with you to help us better understand what it's like to be a pro cyclist. <laughs> because uh, here we are, we watch all the races and we kind of think we know what's going on, but we don't really. 
obviously know what's what it's like to be in that peloton so we see stuff that looks kind of sketchy and we're like whoa that's scary like or we <laughs> or maybe we'd miss something that actually is legitimately scary so we want to run through a few scenarios with you uh we'll play a little fear factor game here and you can give us your kind of rating of how scary this thing actually is and whether you know hopefully it'll shed a little light on the uh, overall experience for the viewers so Let's say what's um, our scale first mm, of all? Yeah. Okay. So, Alex, what's the what's like the least scary thing you could think of, like doing your laundry or something or walking the dog? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say uh, watching uh, non non political or climate change related documentaries on Netflix. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So that's that's the not scary. That's end the, of the least ranking. scary. Um, Actually, that could get kind of scary. Like that Food Inc. one. That was kind of scary. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe. maybe. Maybe we'll say. Let's see. Yeah. Let's just go with yours. Uh, laundry. Doing laundry. Doing laundry. Yeah. Okay. Laundry. Um, I was most thinking. Scary. Yeah. Mo- most scary. Maybe like a Cat Three crit. Maybe or uh, are we talking on the bike? Or are we talking like collusions with Russia? Scary. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you could go to <laughs> keep it topical. Um, I mean, all right, well we'll we'll just uh, roll with it. We'll just roll with it. Um, let's start off with something that we were just talking about earlier. That team time trial on the Hammer series. I mean, you've raced a few team time trials, right? With uh, over the years, it's like in, in that scenario, how how scary do you think that actually is? Having multiple team time trial squads like side by side. I think that would be pretty scary. Okay. I mean, it's scary being on your own team a lot of times, and then you get in a group with guys that have different braking systems. And I mean, every it's this isn't a disc brake thing. Like every time trial bike breaks differently every time trail bike handles differently and when you have five of them that all handle the same and break the same that's okay when you have you know 40 that all handle different and break different that could be kind of scary okay. especially when no one's touching their brakes i'm gonna put that uh yeah around cat three crew ooh, ooh. yeah okay pretty terrifying pretty terrifying uh what about descending the stelvio how, how, how scary is that uh <laughs> so I mean, it's not that scary. It's pretty sweet. You'd think it's just amazing. You're like, this is cool. Mm. And then you find out later that I think it was 12 or 13 teams had tires move. Um, So effectively, there were 12 or 13 teams that had riders that nearly rolled tubulars. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so basically they're, they're heating the rim to the point where the glue is melting and, and the tire is literally shifting around. Yeah, and this this isn't like a, you know, they had bad equipment or crappy mechanics or old glue. Um, everybody had the best stuff at the Giro, and when you go that fast and you break that much and you have that many corners, uh, you're, you're really pushing the limits of what what a bike can do disc brakes and <laughs> disc brakes but even if you had disc brakes i don't no one's tested disc brakes coming down the stelvio um, yeah probably so, someone has <laughs> not not in a world, maybe not a pro cyclist not in the world too probably not a, yeah, see not that's why you're here level. that's why you're here to set yeah. us straight so uh, someone needs to get out there and do that because that sounded bad and that was i mean you got cat three crit you might come out of that okay um there's a lot of small accidents in Cat 3 Crit, but man, if your front tire comes off, you are not saving that. Ooh, so this is more scary. Especially, more scary this is off the chart. Crit. Oh, especially if you go. Really HC. This if, is HC. If you're, going, if you're going 85K an hour and your front tire comes off and you're leaning that thing over, you're looking at a pretty good hospital bill. Ugh, that sounds uh, awful. <laughs> and that's, that's if you're around to pay it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean they didn't come off, so maybe it's not scary at all. You know, ignorance <laughs> is bliss. <Right. laughs> Shouldn't have read that uh that news story wherever it was. Yeah. Yikes. What about uh what about motos in the Giro? Uh scary motos? Honestly the motos of the Giro uh aside from that one that decided that the race course was a parking lot, um <laughs> they were they weren't too bad. Um hmm. I didn't I didn't think they were terrible. I uh, but anytime you have a big accident like that, uh, you you become pretty hyper aware to what they're doing. Um, but I, yeah, they weren't terrible. But more on the laundry end. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't quite qualify them as laundry because he had that one that you know took out the entire team sky. So uh, I mean, that's what's in the middle there? Cat one crit. 
Group ride. Group ride. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like group ride where a couple of people are on triathlon bikes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Getting back to that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about so uh, in the Grand Tour, you always end up riding through these really small villages, traffic furniture, narrow streets. Um, this is kind of like a three-part one where we have. I want. I want a, the comparison between. Um, Giro d'Italia, Tour de France, and Vuelta. So Italy, France, Spain. Are, are the villages all the same, or are like some? Are, are the Italian ones sketchier for some reason? What country is the sketchiest villages? Yeah. Sketchy oh, villages. The sketchiest villages are probably up in Holland, to be honest with you. Ah, uh, yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah. So, and, and really, that I think the sketchiest when you want to talk about towns and crowds and everything. Uh, it was probably the UK when we uh, when we started the tour up there. Mm. That was that was the nastiest I think I've ever seen it. Just because there's so many people. Oh, yeah, so many people, and the, you you have furniture and stuff everywhere as well. And uh, I think they, yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty sketchy. That was you know, cat three crit in the rain with some lightning. <laughs> <laughs> um, with triathletes and arrow bars. But the thing about villages is. Uh, it's usually not the actual village that you're going through that's scary. Uh, once you're in there, I think everything kind of singles out and people are pretty switched on. And anytime people are paying attention, you're probably going to be okay. Um, but it's it's getting to it. Uh, there's usually crashes before. That's usually where you see the crashes. You know that the the corner funneling into it. I'm at, like Etna stage. Mm. We had that. Uh, I mean. The town would would have been no big deal, but everyone was like, "Oh, we got to get to that town before everybody else does," because the ha- the mountain starts after the town. And, blah, blah, blah. and I mean, the whole peloton crashed before we got to the town. <laughs> sure. We we turned right. It was that was a weird that was the weirdest crash I've ever been in because we were coming into it and there were arrows everywhere and everyone was yelling, you know, right and Destra and everything. And then everybody just went straight. <laughs> And crashed, and I went right where the arrow said, and all the motos and all the cars right in front of us went. And I came out the other side, and I was I looked back, and it was just me and Mike Woods. I was like, and Mike was like, "Should we turn around?" <laughs> like we weren't sure if we went the right way, and then everyone gets up and they're like start coming after us. I was like, "Man, you guys are dumb!" <laughs> like there were arrows and everything. <laughs> like what happened back there, guys? <laughs> I like to point out the fact that we did wait. Oh, yeah, like true gentlemen, real gentleman racer. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of maybe should have been waiting at the Giro this year. Yeah, I think that waiting thing is probably done. Uh, you know, gone are the days. So they're not going to do it anymore. You think? Yeah, I think it's over. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you know you can talk about it all you want, but and we will. Yeah, once <laughs> once somebody says it's done, then you know. The, yeah. The walls are down. Everybody's got to jump Flood, on. Floodgates are open. Mm. So unless unless Dumoulin can be the the knight in shining armor, and he's pretty assertive. He's yeah. pretty pretty assertive. He's going to win the tour. Yeah. Is Dumoulin doing the tour? No, not this year. Eventually. Uh, eventually. Uh, yeah, I think it's possible for sure. Um, I'm. I don't want to knock the guy, but I, mean, I think he could. He st- still has some weight to lose, and uh, still. Yeah. Oh, he does. I'm, I'm he like could a, cut off one of his arms. <laughs> he's he's getting smaller every year. Lose the ears. Yeah. Don't ears. He's doing it in a really slow and stable and sustainable way. And I think next year he's going to be even lighter. And the year after that, he might be even lighter. That's and scary. He already knows how to get up a hill. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but he won the Giro. Yeah. Uh, he beat King, uh, Quintana and Nibley. Uh, Pretty legit. Daily. So, uh, can you win the tour? Certainly. 100%. 100%. Heard it here first. Mm. Yeah. Well, I said it before, him, actually. Uh, but Spencer yeah. said it before. Yeah. A couple episodes ago. I appreciate how whenever Alex comes in, we all kind of drop into our NPR voices. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> we? We kind of drop in NPR voices, yeah. He has that effect Hello. on people. Hello, yeah. and welcome to the Valenese podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well who's, that, uh, who's that lady on NPR? Uh, I don't know. Oh, man. Garcia Navarro. Oh, they all have the weirdest names. I think. Yeah. I think when you sign it's up like for an NPR, alphabet soup. Yeah. You have. They like all go to a bar, and they like have some big book, 
and they just get wasted and like highlight three different names in this book. <laughs> and it's always three. Yeah, it's always a middle name too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So last question for today, and this is uh, this is inspired by the NPR voices that we've all put on since speaking with Alex. We need to figure out what our NPR names are. So the way that you do this, <laughs> according to the internet, I think you're getting more NPR as you go. Yeah, he definitely is. Is you take you take your middle initial, insert it somewhere into your first name, and then your last name is the smallest foreign town you've ever visited. <laughs> <laughs> What's your so middle my, initial? B. B. And then I just pick a random tiny town. So like Salida. Foreign. Europe. It's got to be foreign. It's or be foreign. Foreign. Sorry, foreign. So my middle name is Jacob. Well, I actually have two, but I'm picking that one. Okay. You so have I'm two middle names. Kaylege. Kaylege. Somewhere in. You have two middle names. You already have an, uh, an NPR name. I do, actually. <laughs> I, I come pre built with an NPR name. Yeah. Yep. That's why the voice works. C A J Fretz. I'm just going to zoom in in a place in France. Kaylege Boulogne. <laughs> it's my NPR name. Kaylege Boulon. It would totally work. It would totally work. <laughs> All right, Spencer. I, I don't think I can fit a B in my first name. Spencerb. Spencerb. Spencer. If it was like. How about Spencer? But Spence. Spencer uh, Montvernier. Spencerb Montvernier. Montvernier. Yeah, yeah, That's sure. pretty good. So at Kaylege Boulon. Spencer Montvernier. Yeah. Montvernier. Yeah. Uh, Alex? Oh, man. I, f- I feel like I need a good foreign... Foreign town. Foreign town. How about... Uh, I, need, I need something good. Langeron. Langeron. <laughs> <laughs> De Alexander Langeron. De Alexander Langeron. That's pretty All right. good. There we go. We could we could totally be on NPR. Kaylege Boulon. Spencer Montvernier. And... Alexander <laughs> Langeron. There you go. Our three. And that's going to wrap it up today on the <laughs> Bella News Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to donate on our listeners page <laughs> for the weekly fundraise and fund drive. Your support helps keep the Bella News Podcast going. That is it for the Bella News Podcast today. We love your feedback. On what we talked about, you can email us at webletters at competitorgroup.com. Subscribe to the Bell News Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And while you're there, leave us a comment and a rating. Become a fan of Bell News on Facebook at facebook.com slash magazine. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash News. The Bell News Show is produced by Bell News, which is owned by Competitor Group. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the Bell News Podcast are those of the individual. And as always... We leave you with the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout playing the Bernard Purdy Classic, Soul Drums. Yeah.